Good evening, and welcome to your feature presentation. Last week in our deep dive into the murky waters of Florida horror history, we went back to the mysterious origins of horror movies themselves, the story of a killer stalking the streets of Miami and the neon red bloodshed he left in his wake. That is the story of a movie nearly 60 years old, a distant specter of terrifying tales. This week's story is far closer and far more dangerous. The monster in our tale this week is not a man with a knife, but something that hides in our shadows, something that has roamed the waters of our state for a million years. Our feature presentation is the story of a hurricane and the things that happen when nature takes advantage. The story of a young woman battling against a dreaded beast. Florida's own alligator. This week's picture, it's 2019's Crawl. I'm Nick Delisand Boo! <clears throat> Excuse me. Nick Delisandro, and this is Wait Fright Minutes, a spooky podcast about Florida by your friendly neighborhood spooky Floridian. This is the second of three episodes celebrating horror movies and Florida and the amazing stories that happen when people use Florida as a backdrop for their thrills and chills. If you're afraid of scary movies, don't worry. There are no true horrors to be hidden within these episodes. I won't be describing anything nasty or unsettling. There's a little bit of violence in this episode, mostly gator on human related, but it's all fictional. This is all about Florida, as always, only with a certain angle on the genre that I love so much that gets its moment to shine this time of year. So settle in for the second of our three thrilling tales, the story of a young woman attempting to save her father from a hurricane, only to discover gators roaming the waters around their South Florida home. This movie is called Crawl, and it came out in 2019. It was directed by Alexander Aha, who has been a prolific horror filmmaker in the last 20 years, including directing the remake of Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. This movie stars Kaya Scodelario, who you might recognize from the Maze Runner movies, and Barry Pepper, who has been a fantastic character actor for years, most famously featured in The Green Mile, one of my favorites. They play Haley and Dave, respectively, a daughter and a father, who get caught in a home in Southeast Florida as a massive hurricane called Hurricane Wendy, a Cat 5, hits South Florida. She finds her father's home empty when the storm rolls in, only to discover he's been attacked by an alligator. As she attempts to save him, more gators arrive to their small neighborhood, and as the water rises, the gators get closer and closer. There's some neat Florida-specific details in this movie. Haley, the protagonist, is a swimmer at the University of Florida, which proves useful, as you'd expect. There's mention of hurricane parties and people shooting into the storm, two extremely Florida details, but there's also some fascinatingly incorrect Florida details. Most notably, a large portion of the action in this movie takes place in a, a basement or a crawl space underneath the house. You heard me right. A basement in South Florida outside Miami. Not the most accurate. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever heard of a basement? <laughs> but that's not the thing that really caught my attention. I watched this movie because, as I've mentioned, the prominent antagonist, the threat of the movie, is essentially a pack of alligators. This is not the first time that alligators or their relatives, the crocodile, have been the villains of a monster movie or a horror movie. Even outside of the horror genre, alligators or crocodiles, they usually stand for code of extremely dangerous, you won't get out alive, the bad guy's about to destroy you kind of thing. Think James Bond, you know, the pit of gators. But horror has returned to the well of alligator as villain time and time again. There's 1980s simply named Alligator, about a sewer gator. There's 1976's Eat 
eaten alive about a killer crocodile directed by Toby Hooper, who directed the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And of course, there's Lake Placid, no relation to the Florida town of the same name. Lake Placid is kind of the most famous gator crocodile monster movie. It's set in New York State and follows a group of people who are investigating a mysterious beast in a quiet lake only to discover a crocodile who hunts them down. Inexplicably, Betty White is in this movie. I haven't seen it, maybe when I see it, I'll report back. But when people mention crocodile movies, they mention Lake Placid, and we'll talk about it again someday, but Crawl is a new addition to that genre. Crawl caught my attention because all of those Florida-specific details, alligators and hurricanes, it's a pretty important combination. And I wanted to know more about alligator behavior in relation to the way that they behave in this movie, because they do some stuff that I don't know a lot about gators. It didn't come across as particularly realistic to me. I took plenty of notes. The alligators do unusual things. And as a fan of the movie Jaws, I know that it isn't accurate to shark behavior. And people who are specialists in sharks often complain about that movie's inaccuracy. So I wondered if Crawl was doing the same thing. Could Crawl be perpetuating some untrue myths about alligator behavior and hunting tactics? Well, lucky for me and lucky for you, I know a gator guy. You see, I contributed to a book, maybe you've heard of it. It's called Florida. The subtitle is, quote, a hyper-local guide to the flora, fauna, and fantasy of the most far-out state in America, end quote. It was published by A24. I'm very proud of it. I wrote most of the Central Florida and Space Coast chapters. There's an essay by me about Publix. Check it out. It's pretty good. I'm really proud of it. Our friend, friend of the show, Gabrielle Khaleesi, edited the book. She did a ton of writing for it, including in the Gulf Coast section, and she's just the best. We're going to have her on the show to talk about the book very soon. If you haven't picked up a copy, there's a link in the episode description. I'll definitely talk about it again. I'm very proud of this thing. But I wrote a piece that I'm very proud of about an iconic Orlando attraction. I know you've heard of it. It's called Gatorland. For the book, I met with Brandon Fisher of Gatorland, and we had an amazing chat about the park, about the gators, about how he got his job, and about what Gatorland does for its employees and animals every day. It was a fascinating chat that you will have to read in the book to believe, and there are some just great stories in there that, that I'm glad I got to share because Brandon is such a character, but lucky for you... I asked Brandon to come back. When I decided I wanted to talk about gator behavior, there was only one man to call. That's Brandon Fisher. He agreed to chat about gators in Gatorland right in the middle of the breeding marsh. We were delayed, ironically, by a hurricane, Hurricane Ian. A strange coincidence considering that hurricanes are such a present plot in the movie that we're discussing. So we arrived to the marsh a week later, and immediately Brandon and I are surrounded by gators in the water staring up at us as we chat. Brandon is nonplussed. This is a normal, normal Thursday morning for him. But for me, I'm a little uneasy. There's some gators staring at me. What am I supposed to do? See if you can track my increasing anxiety about the gators nearby. There's some moments that are just I'm keeping in because it's a gator doing something and me going, oh, it's, it's pretty funny. Anyway, here is Brandon Fisher. I'm just going to let him talk. He's an amazing conversationalist. I love talking to him. So let's get to know Brandon Fisher. Yeah, sure. So I'm Brandon Fisher and I'm the director of media relations at Gatorland in Orlando, Florida, uh, a.k.a. Bubba 
from Gatorland. Right. So that's that. We talked about that when you were on the show. That's how you got started for the book. That's yeah. how you got started with. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I mean, you know, starting here at Gatorland, uh, I was 18 years old after I graduated high school. Uh, literally two weeks after I graduated high school, I got the job here at Gatorland, first ever job, and uh, was in our entertainment department, so doing the shows. So I had to learn how to handle the alligators and, and do our shows, and then uh, over the years, build up that and be part of that team. And we started filming these uh, commercials for Gatorland, little spoofs. We have two characters named Bubba and Cooter, uh, who are absolutely infatuated with Gatorland, live at Gatorland, want to be the next, you know, Gator handler at Gatorland, and it's part of our, our one of our shows, our Jump Roo show, where Bubba and Cooter are competing to get the job at Gatorland. Uh, so we took a spin on that, and I'm the character Bubba. So you see me on TV and all that, and then you know for the last five years been that director of media relations. So handle all film crews want to come in and film VIP tours, and one of the main faces, spokesperson for Gatorland. And people like me who are just like, can we just talk over the game? Exactly. I mean, they've literally lined up underneath us. Yep. They weren't here no. 10 minutes ago no. when we got here. And no. now there are they've, seven. They, they've heard heard my voice and know <laughs> they're coming over to check us out and see what's going on. That's, we talked about this the last time I was here, that when you start talking out here over, the, this is the breeding swamp? Breeding marsh, yeah. When we get over the breeding marsh. They just come to you. They just they summon. do. They they hear they hear the voice. So these guys learn the tone of our voices. We'll come over. As I pointed out here, we got Buddy sitting here, who's our largest alligator in the park at, and he sits at 13 feet eight inches and about 1,200 pounds. Uh, but we have 150 gators out here in our 10 acre breed marsh, um, and then we have a big 15 acre pond mm -hmm. in the front of the park that houses alligators and a couple crocodiles. And then of course throughout the park. If you've never been to Gatorland, you should check it out. There's gators everywhere, native Florida fauna all over the place, and wide open sky above. It's, it's kind of a place you have to see to believe. Fools, what do you think is the thing people are most surprised about when they actually come into the park? Uh, I would definitely say, you know, so people either A, living here mm -hmm. in Central Florida or even in the, the whole state itself, uh, or even people visiting, you know, um, especially Central Florida, they come here for two things. You got Mickey Mouse and you got gators. People want to see gators. If you think of Florida, you think of two things, Mickey Mouse and gators, okay? Yeah. So we're definitely hitting big time on the one and been doing it since 1949. So one of Florida's oldest attractions. So I really think people, when they show up, if they've never been here and they walk in, they're surprised to see how big we are. I bet you a lot of people think this is just some backyard, podunk pit full of alligators. And um, there's a very surprised how how clean, how well kept, how everything is here in the park and, and the amount of animals we have. Cause yeah, we're famous for gators and crocodiles. You know, we're known as the alligator capital of the world. We have close to 2,500 alligators and crocodiles total in our inventory, uh, but we have a whole plethora of other animals that you get to see and enjoy and learn about. Plus our shows and our experiences like riding the zip line, the big swamp buggy ride, all that stuff. And especially getting hands on surprises a lot of people. At the time of recording this interview, Gatorland was actually still closed in recovery from Hurricane Ian. They're open for business by the time you are hearing this, but I was there while everything was still getting polished to welcome guests back. Hurricane Ian did leave a mark. So, you know, we had Hurricane Ian come through, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a uh, as a tropical or as what, like a category one, two, yeah, something like that, after, you know, it hit... Um, you know, Southwest Florida as a cat four. So, you know, we've, uh, 
over 73 years, Gatorland's dealt with multiple hurricanes, you know, and it's not our first rodeo. And the Gators themselves, it's, they've been doing it for millions of years. So, you know, we, we didn't worry too much, um, you know, about it. We do all our prep work uh, ahead of time when we know a storm's coming, whether whatever it may be, however big it may be. So, you know, we, we're able to drain our ponds down they're all in a big well system so we can drain the water down prepare for the amount of rain that we could potentially get um and then the alligators they stay to themselves in the water some of our mammals we um we collect and we house in in our big buildings that we have so we have a team that stays overnight through the storm keeping an eye on those animals animals still got to be fed every single day so they get taken care of in the, in that aspect in that way uh but i don't think we were prepared for the exact amount of rain that was yeah. going to happen. We had some substantial flooding go on in the park. We have not had a flood here at Gatorland since the 60s and um, did not expect it. We've been through many hurricanes, never had flooding as an issue. Uh, but when I say substantial flooding, we had probably about two to three feet of water standing throughout the entire park. Wow. And you um, guys have been closed all this time. And we've been that. closed. So yeah. we will officially open this Saturday the 15th for the start of our Halloween event. Gators, Ghosts, and Goblins there just in time. <laughs> um, but it was two and a half weeks. And, you know, we've been through many crises before. You know, you talk about in 2006, we had a fire that burnt down our front building, our gift shop and, and, and office buildings. You know, we've been through multiple hurricanes. We went through the economic crisis, you know, of 9-11. We went through the economic crisis of 2008. We went through, you know, COVID and the economic crisis of COVID and still going through and we're beating it in the tail and so we're going to get through this flood you know no matter what and the, and the damage and we're getting through it you know there's uh we're, we're counting our blessings and, and happy that we're able um but everybody you know we have we have about 200 employees here at Gatorland and we all pulled together as a family like we always do and have worked to get this park up and running and we're ready to rock and roll it's right about now that I realized that Gators have snuck up on us that everything, everything was. Oh my God! <laughs> you, your brain, your brain still can't process. You know, yeah, so. you're probably so used to it, but still, like, I, I, yeah. I, you spend enough time in the woods, yeah. not with just like casual gators stuff, potential of seeing wild gators that what you see when you're still like, hey, that's a. Well, the paint, the paint the picture. Okay, so we're on our 10-acre breed marsh yeah. walkway, just in one little spot, and like I said, you know, 150 gators out here, and I mean. Nick, look, you're looking out, and how many How many do you see? <laughs> Rough estimate. I'm going to say mean, about 30. Yeah, maybe a little out. more than that, yeah. and then you look over to oh, the other side, <laughs> and there's just one sitting right there looking at us, right. you know? So. And, there, and there, there, there's, I mean, he is as close. <laughs> look at him. He's sticking his face up. I mean, this is the only place in the world you're going to get this close to alligators and not have to worry about going to jail or being eaten. <laughs> so. It's true. Um, but all animals were secured, safe and sound, here in Gatorland. Nothing got out. There aren't gators and crocodiles roaming the streets right now. Nothing like that's going on. And that's that's the blessing, you know? Yeah. Which allows us a neat pivot into our movie, Crawl. Gatorland was safe. No animals harmed. No animals escaped. No gators roaming the streets. That's just an urban legend. Didn't happen. That's not the case within the fiction of the movie, Crawl. I have a lot of questions about the behavior of gators in that movie, and Brandon was the man to help. If you're a person who cares about spoilers for the movie crawl maybe this isn't your episode but also why would you care about spoilers for the movie crawl let's dig into it think about this so there's a scene late in the movie where uh, it's a movie about two people who are stuck in uh, a home in by the way fun movie there's a basement 
in South Florida in the movie. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> Not true. Not true. Not I true. love it. I love it. It was it truly, it's one of those things that's like, movies. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but they uh, they escape from the basement. They're out in the streets. There's the water up to their knees. Yep. There are gators everywhere. Probably gators as big as, as, as the biggest gator out yeah. here. Like big gators. Yep. And they are in the water and they're trying to escape and they are trying to get away without splashing. Yes. Because what a character says is something along the lines of if you create, they, they, they won't respond unless you splash and then they will come and hunt you. Is that something gators do? <laughs> okay, so... I have a whole... I'm going to pull out my phone. Part, I took notes watching the part, movie. Part of that is true. Okay. Because they... So, in general, with gators... With predators, with prey in general. I've yes, so human beings. gators and crocodiles are very curious animals. Yeah. Um, so, naturally, let's take, for instance, alligators, especially here in Florida. Naturally... Their main prey items, small things, fish, turtles, and birds. Yeah. Okay, very small things. If they get something big, they're doing great as a hunter, but it's not going to be very big. They don't see people's food. We're definitely way too big for them. But in the water, yeah. anything splashes around, they're going to think it's maybe a dead animal or a hurt, injured animal. Really? They're going to come over to it. They're going to they're going to figure it out. They can feel vibrations. So gators and crocodiles have special sensory organs all over their face mm-hmm. uh, and body. Crocodiles have them all over the body. Gators are strictly on their face. They're called ISO sensors. Wow. And I can never remember the word. Yeah. Uh, it's like igumentary sensory organ is what it really says iso okay Okay. iso it's a big fancy word i've got brandon's back he forgot the word it's cool it's a weird word gators crocodiles and their relatives have an organ in their body called integumentary no that's not right integumentary i-n-t-e-g-u-m-e-n-t-a-r-y integumentary that's gross integumentary sensory organs ISOs, that's what he calls them, ISOs. And that's why these animals have a sort of extrasensory ability. So there are little black dots on each individual scale on the face of alligators. So anything brushes up against that, they're going to bite for it. The way gators and crocodiles eat is they swing their heads side to side searching. Okay. Okay. So anything brushed up against that, they're going to bite for it. They feel vibration in the water that it bounces off those sensors and it sends a signal, something going on barometric pressure a storm coming through when that barometric pressure drops they can sense that they go underwater they ride out the storm temperature changes in the air bounce off those iso sensors they feel they sense it they do whatever they need to do to whatever they got to do right you know it just it provides them information it basically is what it is so if something is splashing in the water they're going to feel it they're going to sense they're going to come over to it now in the movies of course they make that a little bit more scarier yeah. you know as it made a, me think yeah. of the velociraptors in jurassic park where they're Definitely. like moving so they're like don't move don't yes. move a muscle the t-rex yes. won't see you yes and i so so is there that, that is genuinely a thing that is true of, for of, gators and crocodiles yeah definitely so things really? splash in the water they're going to sense it and they're going to go over and take a look at it and if it's food they'll go after it if they want to go after it they'll go after it. it is so i mean even even more so here at gatorland specifically we toss food to them it hits the water Right. splashes they feel they go for so anything hits this water like if you fell in right now yeah they're gonna come towards you because sure. they're curious about it sure. you know that that's just a natural kind of thing for really them. yeah wow yeah okay because see in that moment i remember watching the movie and like pausing and specifically yeah. going 
Do they think the gators don't, can't see things? <laughs> but, like, how is their eyesight? Well, they be, uh, their eyesight's really good. They, uh, believe it or not, they actually see almost the f- same full spectrum, color spectrum, as wow. humans do. Um, some of the colors are off for them a sure. little bit, from, from my understanding. Um, but their eyesight isn't their strongest. The strongest is that sense of feeling, wow. the vibration. So even if you are, I mean, you, you'd have to be, like, dead still walking in the water. And you think about yourself walking in the water. You make noise. Yeah. You know, your feet are going to touch whatever on the ground, sure. stir it up. They sense that. They feel that, wow. you know, through through the water. Um, that's why they've been around since the dinosaurs, you know, for right. 37 million years. And, and, and have evolved and grown the way that they have is because that's how they're made. You know, they're, yeah. they're apex predators. That's just how they've been forever. Exactly. So that, that was the one thing that I kept thinking about the most <laughs> in all of this. And it turns out to not be totally false. That's it's amazing. not false. Nope, not false at all. Okay. These are the, I, I, I'm going to try to not be super graphic with some of these. That's okay. Because uh, some of them are a bit intense and also just for the audience. Yep. Um, a guy's head gets ripped off by okay. a gator. Do yep. they do that to prey in the wild? Deer, other animals? Do they, do they, they de- dismember? Uh, I mean, not necessarily on purpose, yeah. you know, for a purpose, but, um, you know, let's say, like, like I said, gators in instance, you know, they eat small things, fish, turtles, and birds. Let's take a big 17-foot saltwater crocodile. Their yeah. prey is a little bit bigger. A big Nile crocodile in Africa prey is bigger. They're built to take down wildebeest, zebra, water buffalo, things like that. So if, if they get a prey item that is too big, yeah. what they'll do is they'll either, A, two things. A, they do the death roll where they spin around, roll around, like a little barrel roll, mm-hmm. and that gives them enough momentum to be able to rip off bite-sized pieces. They don't chew their food, they swallow it whole. So they need bite-sized pieces to yeah. swallow down. Um, or they'll take it and lift up their heads out of the water and just take that prey item and start shaking their head as hard as they can yeah. back and forth, and that just rips off those pieces. So wow. let's say they got a hold of the head in an instance, and they take it and they death roll or they shake it, it's going to rip off. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they have gators and crocodiles have the strongest bite of any animal in the entire animal kingdom. Um, you know, for instance, 17-foot saltwater crocodile, it's going to have about three to 4,000 pounds per square inch of jaw pressure. Wow. And their bite. And that's the furthest measurement they've ever recorded on an instrument yeah. uh, for a bite, you know. And that's just the jaw pressure. If you take it, if they could measure at the very tips of the teeth, mm-hmm. like the very tip of the teeth, you're doubling that pressure amount. Wow. You know, per square inch is, sure. is what it is, the science behind that. So um, they have very strong bites, and they're, they're made to be that way. They do do the death roll in the movie. I was, yes. That was the thing I was most most curious about because it's anybody who knows anything about gators, they'll, they, they know about that death roll because it's such it's, – it's scary to us yep. human beings because if, 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 if something is caught in that situation, I mean, I can't even imagine – what that your physical response and I think it happens to the main character in the movie and yeah. she gets out of it yeah and I was like whoa yep. okay now that's a decision in yeah the movie. I mean you know it's it's uh you know the way that their teeth work and that momentum you know it's just gonna rip off but you know every once in a while things get lucky and yeah you know it's not as bad but you know he for 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 us working with them you know if if something bad were to happen right you know while working we do everything in our power to be safe Not to interrupt Brandon here, but I want to jump in and say, I'm sure you've been curious about this, as I am. Working with gators can't be easy. There must be danger to that. And Brandon is honest about it and shares how they work to keep themselves and the animals safe. But if something bad were to happen, we've been taught to go with the flow of it. Sure. You don't want to to stop that momentum, per se, because then you give them more power to 
hurts. Yeah, yeah sure, exactly. sure. If you can picture what I'm talking I about. I do. Here, I yeah. can picture what you you're know, talking so about. So we go with it, you know, sure. if, if something happens that way to try to prevent less damage, I sure. guess you would say. We're very safe here. Knock on wood, Knock but wood. they're dangerous yeah. animals. It's bound to happen at some point. We've sure. never had anything crazy serious. Okay. You know, a few bites here and there over sure. the years. Um, but that's what, you know, I've been taught is if it does happen and they start death rolling, you kind of go with it. All right. You know, and, and hope for the best. So we've talked about some of the ways that the gators behave when they deal with prey in the wild, but in the plot of this movie, the characters attempt to flee from gators throughout and get their way clear of the attacks. One such method that they use to escape is a boat, which I've learned is a popular point of anxiety for folks when they see Floridians in water where there could be gators. In the movie, there's a scene where they're on sort of a low bottom uh, yep. skiff through the yep. water and a gator jumps onto the boat, like pulls his whole body up onto the boat yep. and attacks someone. Is that something they can do? Is that something they do do? I mean, they could propel themselves up onto a canoe or a kayak yeah. or maybe, you know, a small little John boat. I think sure, that's yeah, it was a John similar boat. to those boats. Yeah. Boat. Um, so they could potentially do that. And, and there's been stories of them in real life actually doing that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, landing on a boat. But typically that's people getting too close to them and and putting themselves in that situation for sure. that gator to just move. You know, gators going to get spooked. They're going to haul butt as fast right. as they can and dart off, especially if they're away. on land. Uh, typically away, okay. you know, from people. But if you're in the way, your boat's in the way, you might end up with a gator on your boat, you sure. know, in, the, in that instance. But um, as far as, you know, you know, jumping is a natural behavior for gators and crocodiles. Right, you they know, do it in the... They do. They the jump time. up to be able to grab, you know, raccoons or possums or, or birds off low-hanging branch, things like that. So for a gator, you know, they could jump out of the water about four or five feet into the air. Crocodiles a little bit more, depending on the species there. Um, but, you know, they'll... Uh, it's definitely something that could happen, and, and people do freak out, you know, especially, yes. you know, Wakaiba, you know, same here. I've been on that river a bunch throughout my life living here in Florida, and the biggest I've ever seen was about an eight-foot alligator, you know, that yeah. I've ever personally seen. Mm-hmm. But there are little ones. And moms, mama gators are very protective of her babies, so if people get close and, and be in areas that they're not supposed to be in on that river or anywhere in the state of Florida, you know, you, you really got to know be well aware of your surroundings right no doubt about that and, and you know it's I, I i enjoy watching these movies and seeing them when i can but they definitely paint the they they, they want you to think that that's what's going to happen and in this movie the threat isn't just in the water the gators came for them on land too there's a scene in the movie where a gator is hunting on land. It's yes. when they're in the basement, the water has not started flooding into the basement, a yep. gator has burst through a window, they're sort of trapped on the other side of this wooden structure, and the gator is, is hunting them on land. Yep. Do gators hunt on land? Uh, and, and even in like man-made areas, like, I mean, it's in a basement, it's in yeah. like concrete, underground so to speak which obviously doesn't really happen a lot in florida but still like do we see gators doing that invading property things like that i mean gators get up and travel they move around all the time you know especially here in the state um when things dry up or food source might dry up you know the water and such so um typical hunting happens at the water's edge or in the water okay you know for them to go up on land they're putting themselves vulnerable and they're not made to be up on land moving around gators are you know they can only run about seven to nine miles an hour 
Uh, thing is, when they decide to move, they don't start at zero and accelerate to nine miles an hour. They start at nine when they go. Wow. But it's that first jump, that first lunge. They just so, push and they get, yeah. get speed immediately. Yep, instantly. And then after that first jump, they lose their speed, Whoa. you know, up on land. So they're not made to be up on land running yeah. around. They got big old bellies that drag on the ground, mm -hmm. tails that drag on the ground, short, stubby legs, you know. They're not made to be running at all. They're made to be swimming in yeah. the water. So they do most of their hunting at the water's edge. Um, you know, like a raccoon or a possum sitting there washing his hands, taking a drink, you know, um, or specifically in the water catching fish and turtles and, and like that. So, but every once in a while, I mean, it can happen. You know, sure. a gator could be walking up and see something and try to go after it, you know, if they want to try. They're, they're opportunistic eaters sure. and feeders. So if it's easier for them, they're going to take the easier way. And that's why they get so used to people feeding them, and that's why you can't feed them. You know? Right, that's why there's... Right, that exactly. too. Well, that's part of what I think is interesting in the movie also is, like, these gators are targeting kind of these characters. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, they're, like, pursuing them. I'm yeah. Like, I don't really think that that's Yeah, what I mean, you know, if, if, if a gator's got something on his mind or even a crocodile and they want to go after it, they're going to do what they can to go after it right. and, and stick with it. But um, crocodiles are a little bit better, Yeah. you know, as far as ambushing the prey getting a hold of their prey waiting yeah, yeah. exactly you know they the crocodiles are smarter than what alligators are the brain's a little bit bigger um than, than an alligator but alligators you know they're good hunters as well you yeah. know uh, and they learn over time the more consistent something happens uh the better they're going to be and since this movie is set in a hurricane, I've seen lots of people expressing concerns about gators in the water during storms where there is a lot of flooding. Is there any truth to genuine concern about that? Do you see issues with gators bothering people during hurricanes? Like when there's flooding, when there's when there's things like that? When Obviously, we're seeing that a lot in southwest Florida. There's a lot of yeah. areas that are really underwater right now. Do we see problems with gators in situations like that? I mean, you might have the occasional alligator swimming down the street, you know. Or, oh, yeah, we or, saw it. There's a photo. Or, or end up in a pond that, yeah. you know maybe wasn't a pond before, you right. know, um, and, and end up in areas. So, but that's typical. That's typical year round. Gators, you know, get up and move, especially during the breeding season, sure. you know, which happens during the summertime. So not quite into hurricane season yet, you know, um, because hurricane season, what starts June, yeah. July, you know? Um, and so they get up and travel. They'll end up, you know, people's backyards will end up in swimming pools, hanging out underneath a car, you know, things like that. So that's just a general rule of thumb, I think, here in the state of Florida is that you always got to be well aware of your surroundings and, and certain times of year more so than others. But, you know, if, if a gator's, you know, pond's going to flood up and it's going to, and it wants to travel, it's going to find it wherever it can go, yeah. you know, and they're going to end up wherever they want to go. Which leads to us not only talking about Crawl, but Gator movies at large, because like I said, there's a lot of Gator movies, and Gatorland has more of a relationship with those movies than you'd realize. Very shortly into the conversation you're about to hear, Brandon kind of blows my mind. Just brace yourself. Have you ever seen um, Lake Placid? I have. What are your thoughts on Lake Placid? Do you have thoughts uh, on the Gator? It was, it was very crazy for its time, you know? Yeah. We actually had a premiere night here at Gatorland. Back uh, in the day? It was way before I started working oh, no at Gatorland. Kidding. But we had... Um, and you had a premiere with Crawl, too. Yeah, you we had a premiere with Crawl. We'll get into that. So, um, yeah, so Lake Placid, uh, we had a premiere night, and I... I want to say Bridget Fonda did come here for that. Wow. Um, because I remember we had an old picture that had, was a Lake Placid, like yeah. the movie poster. But we, 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 we had a premiere fun night, you know, event for it and stuff like that. Um, and that's just some of the movie magic here, you know. And then maybe maybe they asked somebody's expert, you know, advice about gators mm. and crocodiles. Because that's what happened with Crawl. 
Yeah. That movie, we heard about that movie coming out. Um, and some producers contacted us, wanted to get information about gators and this and that. We had a little friendly contest uh, with some baby gators and hatching out, and uh, somebody got to name them after the characters in that movie. Yeah. Um, and then we had a little premiere night here at a local theater. Um, you know, to be able to watch that movie all together and, and see how it was and, awesome. and and how much we like it, you know, and, and talking about other movies like Snakes on the Plane back in the day, oh, yeah. you know. We oh, all, yeah. we all uh, as a team here, went and watched that movie that's and awesome. we're, like, pinpointing, you know, that's a real snake, that's not a real snake. You know, the big Burmese python yeah. on the plane was real, but his teeth looked like crocodile teeth, you know, so that's not real and, and all that stuff. You know, it, it's fun. You know, yeah. Jurassic Park, all those movies like that. Um, but even more so, you know, some more fun, you know, magic, uh, movie magic, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Great gators in that Okay. Movie. So it is, I like how you say it's gators yeah. because. Oh, well, it's crocodiles because it's their That way part out of the Indian. world, it's yeah. supposed to be crocodiles. They're in yeah. India, right? Yeah. So that scene where the warriors fall off the bridge uh -huh. and get eaten, what's supposed to be crocodiles, are actually our alligators. What you're hearing right now is me being stunned <laughs> to silence. Those are Gatorland gators? Those are Gatorland gators. <laughs> What are you talking about? In Temple of Doom? Temple of Doom. So this scene where Harrison Ford with the bridge and he's with going the bridge and the warriors and, the and he cuts himself and falls and all the warriors fall in. If you take it and you pause it, pause the movie, yeah. and you slow mo watch it forward, you'll actually be able to tell that they are. If if you know the difference between gators and crocodiles, right. you'll be able to tell that they're gators. So what they did is they took dummies. They came here, a team, a production uh, crew team came here back in the what was it be the 70s the 70s I think it was the early 80s seven, I, I late 70s say. early 80s yeah came here and they took dummies like yeah. the warriors filled them with whole chicken raw chicken and tossed them at our gators to get the gators to tear them up and it looked like they were tearing them up so when you pause the movie and you fast forward like slow-mo fast yeah, forward through just it like frame by frame you could tell it's gators and you can actually see whole raw chicken floating in the water <laughs> so they filmed that here they filmed that here up on our front lake no way yes yep that specific scene how did i not know that <laughs> a lot of people don't know that that is crazy so when i first started working here in 2004 we part of our train ride we had like a little memento to that movie and we had we built our own little bridge and had a dummy that dressed up looking oh. like them with fake gators like looking like they're jumping up at them and we talked about it on our train ride a little bit of the, the history of gatorland was was part of that so, so i'm here talking about you know no offense to crawl <laughs> i mean that's a fine movie but like we're talking about indiana yeah, jones we're exactly talking about, oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. That's so. amazing. That's one of the things that makes Gatorland such a fascinating place. It's a place that kind of lives in the middle, where we're both enjoying the gators as these iconic, important parts of Florida's ecosystem and Florida's identity, but also acknowledging that gators in the wild are dangerous and they need to be taken seriously. Brandon talks about how often he is discussing gators and safety for humans around gators. It's just as much a part of his job as anything else. Yes, gators are fun and fascinating and unique, but like I said, we need to take them seriously. Should, should should people be actively concerned about this the, about interactions with them or what, what what would you say to people who are concerned well you definitely i mean if you're concerned you're rightful so to be concerned sure. you know that means you're uh you're staying a step ahead of the game right. you know cautious. so yeah definitely you're very cautious and, and there's nothing wrong with that so you got to definitely 
be on your toes, you sure. know, and you got to know what you're you're doing. Whether you're walking your pets outside, you know, especially around ponds and lakes, you know, you want to give yourself a buffer. And I say at least 25 feet from the water's edge. Don't let your pets go swimming in the water, things like that, because small dogs, small cats, whatever, it's going to be an easy meal for an alligator yeah. if they want to take that opportunity to go after it. And they don't always do, you know. Um, but, you know, let's say, for instance, after a storm, you're always precautious no matter what. If you got flooding going on in your area, you know, going through that water, that's why they tell you don't do it. Don't don't drive in it. Don't, you know, go out if you're not supposed to go out. That was a good morning burp, yes, I think, this I morning. Think so. So, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, it, it's just being aware and and that's why here at Gatorland, we've been doing this since 1949, and we're the leaders in alligator education and safety and the, and the programs that we offer outside of Gatorland at the schools and, and hotels and resorts and, and the, the, the things that we do here. You know, if you come here to Gatorland, the way that we teach you is to help you have that better understanding. And right. if you were scared before coming here to Gatorland or if you were not sure about something before coming here to Gatorland, we hope that you leave with that better understanding and, and hopefully not as much of a fear but a better like i said understanding of what they do how they are and what to be on the lookout for sure yeah what was the big what is the big advice you would say to people just the big precautions and warnings for for people who are in areas where gators could be what, what's the advice you would you or just general bits of the, advice bi the biggest thing is they do most of their activity from dusk till dawn so okay. nighttime you know so don't be swimming at night you know don't be feeding alligators alligators get used to people mm. you know you think about it you know if you're sitting on your couch as a kid you know would you rather get up and go to the fridge and grab your own food or would you rather have mom or dad bring it to you Drift towards mom you. or dad bring it to you you know so gators are pretty much modern day couch potatoes you know <laughs> they if they're going to get their food given to them they're going to keep coming around so you hand feed that wild alligator and that little pond behind your house he or she are going to keep coming up because they think you have food and then one day when somebody's out there that doesn't have food that's when the potential for bad things can happen um, so don't feed them don't swim with them be cautious of your surroundings give yourself a buffer when you're walking your pets and uh, you know if you want to learn more you come to places like Gatorland you learn all about it so it just makes sense that gators have repeatedly been the beast of a horror movie even if they aren't quite as mysterious as scary movies will have you believe, we can understand the way that gators behave, as intense as they may seem. Brandon, however, does believe they've earned their right as a classic Florida Halloween monster to join the ranks of all the monsters of years past. My last question, do you think that gators should join the pantheon of Halloween monsters and we should be decorating our homes with gators more around Halloween time? Personally, yes. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people like it, so it probably won't happen. But hey, here at Gatorland, that's what we do. That's we, great. we take gator, gators at Halloween to a next level. That's perfect. I mean, that photo, you see those photos of the swamps where it's them at night, yes. and you can just see the thousands the red of eyes. eyes oh, in the yeah. water. That's it's spooky. Scary. That's spooky. And Gatorland here is spooky at night. It's a spooky yeah. place. What's more Halloween than that? A monster, a killing machine that we just love to pieces. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wait Fright Minutes. I am so glad that you are here. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would mean the world to me because it would help the show grow. Thank you for doing that. It, it truly means a lot to me. You can also find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod. I will be posting 
pictures from my visit to Gatorland and some pictures from the movie Crawl and Blood Feast, which we talked about last week. And you will see more updates and things like that about the show on Instagram more often than not. If you want to reach me, you can do so at WFMPod at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again to Brandon Fisher for being on this episode. I'm so grateful to him for taking the time to chat with me, even while the park was recovering to get ready to open. Head to Gatorland's website to learn more about their Halloween event that's running for the holiday so you can see the beast of Florida's swamps right up close. Thank you to my friend River Aparicio for designing the art for these episodes, the Wait Fright Minutes logo that you see on the social media. I'm very proud that we got to create this, and it perfectly reflects the style of these episodes. It means the world to me. Go check out their work at Cast and Clay on Etsy. There is a link in the episode description. Thank you to them as well. If you're looking for more information about the upcoming election, remember that it is on November 8th. You can head to vote.org to learn more about what is on your ballot, and you can find that in the episode description. All right, that is it for me this week on Wait Fright Minutes. I will be back next week on Halloween. Actually, on Halloween, I am so excited. This next episode... It's about zombies. What better way to wrap up the Halloween season than a zombie picture? You're going to love it. I'm so excited to tell you this story. Oh, man. It's a good one. Happy Halloween. I will see you on Halloween for the last episode of Wait Fright Minutes. But until then, be good to yourself. Be good to others. And drink more blood. I said it with confidence this time. But do drink more water. Drink more water. (laughs) Have a good week. Happy Halloween.